And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's Gino from Bondi Broker. In today's changing times, the importance of health and financial security has never been more important. At Bondi Broker, we work with you to improve your financial security by offering free financial health checks, assisting in reducing your debt, and gain competitive rates to improve your cash flow. Bondi Broker gets you in the best financial health so you can focus on what matters most. Visit our website today for your free consultation at bondibroker.com.au. Hey, Brett. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. You? Yeah, really good. Really good. You know, you know how we like to, you know, interview good people. Yep. Yep. So today we're going to introduce uh, introduce a fellow who goes by the uh, name of a good bloke, uh, Charlie Staunton. Charlie Staunton. Yeah. Now, Charlie Staunton, you might uh, you might find it surprising that he has a hell of a story. Uh, he started off as a as a copper in the New South Wales Police Force uh, back in the seventies. And, and, you know, he weaved his, his career, weaved in and out of um, some of the circles that you and I used to hang out with. It's incredible to, to, to um, discover that there, there are fewer than six degrees of separation between him and yourself and him and I. Yeah, his name rings a bell. But then so does Quasimodo, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> well he, he, he claims that he didn't like, uh, you know, the, uh, the artistic uh, musical types, of which you were one of them. They were all big drug takers, he probably said. Oh, and they got up to all sorts of mischief, uh, which, of course, you never did. But, but I, he... I was an angel. He, yeah, angel. But he, he also got... He had he got embroiled in a lot of lot of things, um, but one thing about him is he's been a staunch, um, a, 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 like a loyal friend to the people who you know deserved his loyalty. He was never never uh, he has a he has a saying that uh, dobbers wear nappies and um, and uh, and he sticks by it. And uh, and he he also um, he he also has some really good stories and uh, listeners we have to warn you before we start that charlie comes from an, a bygone era which george and i are a part of um, yeah and and charlie's a little bit um politically incorrect <laughs> to say the least so if there's kids around um he swears a fair bit as well um and he's got some pretty uh uh hardcore stories so if you've got kids around it's probably best to pop the headphones on and listen to this interview he um, he is he is whole old school and he but he's hilarious his stories are great and uh and you know it's he says it as it used to happen back then so yet there's certain words he uses that were quite common in the english language back then correct and if any of the uh any of his content offends you it's probably best to not, not have a listen yeah, but we we loved it, and uh, and we hope you will too. So here we go on float your boat with Charlie Staunton. Out of 
Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. I said, now get out of the house, get out of the house. <laughs> is, this um, the, is this the first time you're Zooming? Yeah, yeah, I'm a virgin. Wow, we'll, we'll, we'll break you in slowly, Charlie. We'll break you in slowly. We've got the broomstick. That's all I ask, mate. Just don't hurt me. We've got, we've got the broomstick. It's all right. Uh, from, from, what, from, what, from what I heard, uh, you know, mate, you, you, you were doing the hurting, but, uh, but uh, you know, I tell you what, I wouldn't have liked to have been uh, with your, uh, your uh, Maori, was a Tongan or Samoan friend in the, in the prison when he was throwing his, oh, his donga around. <laughs> you should have seen it. It was it was bigger than that microphone, microphone you've got in front of you now. Is that is this bringing back memories? <laughs> oh. It wasn't the white, George. Wasn't white. Wasn't white. It's more like my <laughs> one. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope. Yeah, uh, it's this is this is going on to a flying, getting off to a flying start. I mean, there there you go. You do have a sense of humour. I've I've just proven it to myself. Okay, listen. Yeah, cool. uh, the, I, um, well, you know, I, what's what's the next one that's coming up? Well, Greta Greta's about she's suffering post traumatic stress now. Um, she, why is that? Well, because there's no there's no more global warming. Oh, nice beer, son. Nice beer. Huh? Yeah, it's, he's having a Cooper's. He's making me extremely jealous. I am. Oh, right, Cooper's, right. Cooper's red, of course. So, uh, so just just to let you know before you finish off that story, Thursday night's traditionally the the start of the, the drinking week for uh, Brett. It uh, is. So, so he he could he couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait until weekend. after the interview. Well, yeah, there's there's no uh, there's no more global warming. That's finished now. Corona took care of that. Now Corona's gone because now now we're, everyone's a racist. Um, so that's the next one. I, I'm just, I'm just looking for an island. I need an island somewhere. I need to go on a li- just a little island. Why don't, you ring up, why don't you ring up your mate down the road who looks like, who, who looks a bit like you, old Richard, Richard Brennan. I was going to say Richard's looking for it. <laughs> he's looking for a buck or two at the moment, so yeah. th- things aren't going well for throw, him. <laughs> throw him a penny or two because Virgin over here is he's, uh, he's, he's in a bit of trouble and he's uh, up to his eyeballs in debt right now. We should all be in that much trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, I think it's just the, the, the language that we use from, you know, from 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, like know, some I mean, of the language I mean, in your book. Well, you know, I mean, I was the pommy bastard. The, you know, the yeah. bloke next door was the lead bastard next door. Um, that's right. That's um, right. The, the, the bloke down the road, well, you know, he, he was well, the, the Italian, you know, the... Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, they were all wogs, and, and we were all we were all happy. And if you had a blue with someone, you'd step outside. Yeah, job done, finished. Yep. No, it's and not then, that. And then, have... and then the weak people decided to take over, and now you know they reckon we... they don't fart. They must fart, you know. But oh no, they don't fart. I do. Oh. <laughs> I do, but they don't. That's just. A... But you know, the thing is, the thing is, uh, you know, you have to talk about. The, the feelings now, like the feelings that you get, you know, you know those angry feelings that you get, Charlie. You have oh, to talk. You have to man, talk about no. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't have any angry feelings towards. Well, there's a couple of rats, but you know, I have, I have, I have emotions towards them. But um, <laughs> got to talk yeah, about I, them. 
You know, you know. Firstly, welcome, welcome to our our uh, podcast. It may yeah. seem like we're a little bit disjointed, but this is how we ease people into into uh, into the interviews, and it's a uh, it's a uh, it's worthwhile having a few laughs and and in Brett's case, a bit of a beer before we uh, we we get stuck in. So uh, so thanks for making the time to yeah, be thanks, with us. Yeah, thanks, Charlie. Uh, thanks for thanks for being on Float but, Your Boat. I mean, it's it's really good to know that when it's a choice between painting or being in an interview with us you chose the latter which is great yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely well at least you at least you won't go off at me she'll, she'll get out and say why did you do that like that so so charlie it all started with a book right and that's that's how that's how i got in touch with you and it's and it was a damn good read i've got to say uh your um you also, to my surprise, narrated the Audible book, which uh, which I think was uh, impressive. God, a, an ex copper who could read so well. <laughs> I, I was I was actually I was actually not not as happy with with that myself because I I've been in lots of studios where they um, uh, you know with different artists around the world and and they, uh, they 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 retake that retake this and you just let me. <laughs> Really, just, just let me go. No, no, I, 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 are you sure that's right? Are you sure that's right? Yeah, we're finished now, Charlie. See you later. <laughs> well, because I because I do recall you were gasping for breath mid sentence in on a cup in a couple of instances, and I thought, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, when, when you've never done it before, yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I'm the I'm the the bedtime story for a lot of a lot of lonely hearts now, so. I feel I feel like I'm contributing to society. <laughs> good on you, good on you. you. You've added to the wealth of information out there in the world. But uh, let's go back to the very beginning. I guess that the, the the best start for you would be uh, being were your parents the ten pound poms by any chance? Nine pound fifty. I asked my father that it was nine pound fifty, and we got the um, we were one of the first ones to fly. Before that, you'd take um, you'd take the boat and sail across the Indian Ocean, and that that took a month and. Um, Mind you, it did seem like it took a month for us to fly as well because it was one of those uh, old twin prop uh, propeller planes, you know. Wow. And, um, yeah, yeah, but uh, it was, you know, it, it was there. It was exciting at the time. You know, we're only we're only kids, but um, it was a, it was a it was a big deal. And why did your parents decide to leave? I mean, I know you come from a big Catholic family, and but why did they decide to leave the UK and come to Australia? Um, well, my, my younger brother Kieran, he was um, oh, he got a bad pneumonia or something like that, and the doctors said, "Oh, you know, they, you should move to a warmer climate." And um, so I, I don't know that they googled anything then, but they looked up uh, uh, it was Australia or Canada, and Australia was warmer. So yeah, we we just ended up here. My my uh, my uncle, my father's brother, he'd moved here the year before and said, "Oh, get out here! It's a great place." So that was it, and we were we were, we were off. Prime yeah. of us. So you landed in uh, Mascot Smith. Airport, yeah, Kingsford Smith, Kingsford, and you were yeah. you were chuffed off straight to where? Uh, Newtown, Newtown. I was really disappointed because I thought there'd be I thought there'd be some abos running around the place with boomerangs and didgeridoos and all. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was none, and it was pissing down raining, and I thought we've just we've just gone around the block and we've ended up back in London. You missed out by one suburb. Actually, you should have moved further further north to uh, Redford. You would have been right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I ended up there anyway, so uh, didn't really matter. But no, um, no, we'll get we'll get into that. We'll get into uh, that. But uh, so you stayed at Newtown with your was it your uncle? Yeah, the uncle, and um, 
so we started uh, our first school was there in Newtown, a little Catholic school down the road, and um, uh, yeah, there was there was five of us. Then my little sister wasn't born then; she was well, she was on her way. Mum was pregnant, but um, um, yeah, uh, yeah, Newtown, welcome to Newtown, and there was wolves everywhere. <laughs> they were all over the place. It was, you know, it was it was yeah. I remember as a kid, uh, that's the place where my parents used to take me because um, it really was one of the few places you can go and buy olives and olive oil and feta cheese and that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a real mismatch of um, like a real melting pot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there was, there was every nationality, you know, and we'd, we'd just left London, like smack bang in the middle of London. Um, and it's funny, you know, I, I, I live less than a mile from where I was born in a taxi, you know. <laughs> so, yep. Um, yep. you know, you end up back back where you belong, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, and there was there was English and Irish. That was all there was here. It was there was nothing else? Yep. The Indians, the Indians, um, the Indians and the Pakistanis hadn't arrived yet. And yep. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then you got to Australia, and it was it was like the United Nations, I guess, They're everywhere. Well, I guess uh, things haven't changed much, have they? Uh, we're still like that, but uh, but that's a good thing. We've just broadened out a little bit to include people from all over the world, not just from Europe, and that's, and that's great. But you, um, I noticed a little photo of you at your uh, first primary school, and in, uh, in in one of the, uh, like, yeah, you looked uh, you looked like a normal Aussie kid, really. You um, didn't look English was. at all. You didn't look English at all. Probably was my uh, yeah, all my freckles. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about where you went went to school. Um, well, started off at Newtown. We weren't there that long, um, but when we arrived, we went straight to school, and mm. um, uh, and then um, moved out to uh, Fairfield or Smithfield, and um, went to uh, Our Lady of the Rosary um, at uh, at Fairfield, to a little Catholic school with all the nuns, and um, uh, and then. It was about time, uh, so we went. Uh, me and my 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 next youngest brother, we um, we went to Christian Brothers Fairfield, a good football school that one, and um, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, had a, no, I love school. I never wagged a day at school. I thought it was always, I always I enjoyed school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you. This was the first time you were introduced to uh, rugby league, right? You, you, yeah. you didn't you didn't see the game before in the in in England. No, no, no. I was, I was a soccer player. I used to get rubbish that at school for being a soccer player. Yeah, I remember. I remember as a kid. It was uh, you would call a pufta if you uh, played. Sissy, uh, you're being sissy. You're being yeah. sissy. <laughs> no, that's why I changed. That's why, out of embarrassment, I changed to playing r- rugby, rugby league, and and rugby. For, for yeah, yeah. Reason. No, it was, I, 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 I guess very, very similar, very similar. Um, and um, but so we used to play. Uh, it was a Thursday competition. Yeah, and um, and I was a bit quicker than most of the most of the kids, so they wanted um, they just wanted me on the wing, I guess. Um, and I wasn't real keen on getting tackled, so we used to run a bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that's I think that's where all wingers came into play. They were, they were that fast; they just didn't want to get tackled. Yeah, you're the darlings of the football world. You know, really didn't know. So your your nose is still straight, I notice. So that uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, well. Uh, that's it, mate. There's a few pugilists along the way that taught me how to duck. Um, so, look, you, you, did you have a did you have a normal a normal upbringing at school? Yeah, yeah. There was only yeah. uh, 
There was only one pedophile there, I think. So it was, yeah, it was pretty normal. <laughs> you know? I actually spoke to the principal. Go, we can't go there, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> you know. Why? You went to how many Catholic schools? You you only saw one. That's hard to believe. All right. Well, the people tell me that, but 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 it's true. And I actually spoke to the principal. Um, he was uh, he he married uh, my sister's best friend, and he was over here. Oh, six months ago. No, probably more. Twelve months ago. And uh, we went out for dinner. And oh, I said, "What about that bloke?" And he said, "No, no, no." I said, "Listen, mate. You know. <laughs> we all know. I know two of the blokes." But but the two the two the two, the two blokes that went off with him, we didn't think there was anything wrong with them. We just thought they were poor. <laughs> that's that's quite okay, right? It didn't well, well, you know they 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 never seemed to run away. They seemed to be keen to go to the pictures with him every night. And all right, and, you know they were always sleeping over at his place. And but it's interesting. It's interesting though that you know you bring that up because it's something that um, you know even even I remember it was like something you saw and you thought, okay, that's their thing, and didn't think twice about it. Well, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, you know. But then I've, I've come here and I've got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of posh friends here, a lot of quite very posh friends here. And of course, they all went to um, uh, boarding schools and things like that. And they, they reckon it was, it was, it was on for young and old in the boarding schools. No. I scratched, I scratched. Are you joking? Me? You've got to be kidding. But no, no, they reckon, they reckon it, was, it was all fair game and. Well, you didn't get well, it. I, I, I just don't, I, I don't get it. You know, it's, it's probably a lot more serious than that. But, you know, that's what happened. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you you didn't go to a boarding school. You went to a normal primary school, normal um, high school. You finished school at the age of, what, 17, but you wanted to leave early. Is that right? You yeah, left yeah, early? Yeah, left, left early. Uh, mum, of course, mum was having none of that. We just moved to Parramatta and uh, went to Maris Brothers. Yeah. And... Um, and it was all it was all right at Morris Brothers as well, um, but I just had enough. You know, I wanted to get yeah. out. I wanted to get out. And um, anyway, the, the deal was, if I got a government job, I could um, I could leave school. Yeah, what, and, a, what a and back then there was it'd take you it'd take you a year to get a government job. You know, and yeah. she knew that she was she was clever. And um, <laughs> but but they but they they had, they had a um, they had a test with the Commonwealth Bank. And you'd uh, you'd wander in, you'd do the test, and um, but even so, it was still probably six months waiting list, even if you passed. Um, so I remember this day um, it was at the old Downing Centre, actually the, um, the old Mark Foy's building, mm-hmm. and um, and that's uh, that's where they held the test. And I got the training on my own. But I mean, everywhere everywhere you went, I went as a kid, just just digressing back a bit. We would just get on a bus or we get on a train. Yep. You know, I mean, I used to walk to school. It was four miles, but we'd walk to school. Yep. Well, now nowadays they can't do that. Oh, too precious to do that. Oh. <laughs> you're sounding like an old fart, Charlie. <laughs> oh well, but I'll tell you what I feel like it every time. Well, you know, because because in London, you know, every 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 mother and and the schools, no one no one would be five hundred meters from their from their local school. But every mum has to drive the bloody kids there. They're no, all, they're all a big SUV, and we're in London. It's like really, mummy, really. Um, not my kids. I make them walk barefooted. <laughs> Twenty <laughs> miles. <laughs> yeah, he on. does. He does, Charlie. He does. <laughs> I would too. I would too. He's, he's a bit old school, but gives anyway, it, it, gives him backbone, right. Charlie. Gives him <laughs> backbone. I tell you, that's it. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. So I've gone and done this test, 
and it was it was it was a real it, it was so easy for me. It was just comparing. Oh, look at you, a nice one, mate. I'm going to get a beer if you keep doing that. Um, <laughs> um, and it was it was a really easy test for me, and it was just a mathematical thing. And I don't know if you put that down as 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 an ability or something. If you you know on your CV, just comparing numbers. And um, anyway, I flew through it. And they they rang three four days later and said, "You can start." Next week, and oh, mum was she was gutted. Right? <laughs> you outsmarted her. Yes, but 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 didn't you land? Didn't you land the golden goose? The golden goose. What's yeah, that? when when you when you walked in, when you walked in on your first day, what happened? Ah, oh, ah, oh, you wouldn't believe. I mean, now I've got the training. I remember I had this had this really tight pair of flares on, um, some pla- some platform shoes, uh, floral shirt. Windsor Smith. Thinking I was thinking I was John Travolta, and um, I walked in there. Well, yeah, must have been two hundred girls there, and Ooh. they were all like 16, 16 to twenty five. And I thought, I've, I've died. I died on the way. I've got killed on the way. I've ended up in heaven. Eh? <laughs> I've, I've I've found me me eighteen versions, and I'm not even Muslim. But oh <laughs> Jesus, I tell you, mate, it was yeah, it was how just many, paradise. I couldn't believe many? it. How many males were there? Just, just you? Just, just me and John Smith, pretty much. Really? And John Smith. John Smith was an Aboriginal kid. Big, tall, skinny fella. He was. He, he was. Oh no! I tell you, Harry, Harry Hill, my best man. He was. He was there too. So there, there was probably four guys. Um, amongst two hundred girls. Two hundred girls, and there was. There was only. There was only really men. Me and my mate that stood a chance because the rest they weren't going anywhere near them. And well, I just yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the best days of my life, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so so before before long, they trusted you with the keys to the uh, counting room. Is that right? And uh, so you obviously you obviously had this look of absolute um, trust on your face. Yeah, yeah. Saint Charles, they call me. Yeah, Saint Charles. Saint Charles. Uh, tell us tell us Saint a little Charles. bit about tell Saint, us a little Saint, bit about. Mary Saint Mac- Charles of Smithfield. Yes, yes. Mary McKillop's uh, illegitimate son. That's the one. That's the one. Well, in the Commonwealth Bank in the head office um, in Martin Place, Martin Place in Pitt Street, um, there was there was the bank on the ground floor, and then there was offices, the different departments on on floors as you go up. But down in the yeah. basement, there was the counting room, and I remember the, the the first time I went, the first time I went down there, there's some old bloke with a Webley Scott pistol. And he was he was fast asleep between that and having his coffee, nodding off. And um, and I look I look to the right, and it was a it was, it was like entering a jail, really, because it had a, had a barred door on it. And um, anyway, you know, I walk, well, and there was millions, millions and millions, and all denominations, all night, like when back where the dollar note. And um, and I thought, Jesus! And there was just a couple of birds flicking through it. They you know they had really um, antique. Uh, uh, counting machines back then, um, mm. uh, like a woman, a woman flicking through with a, you know, with a, with a bit of, with a bit of spit on her finger, going da, 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 and counting millions. And I've gone, oh. and then next thing you know, I see, I see the van come down a lift. There was a, there was a little laneway at the back. Um, I think the, um, what's the theatre that's there now? Uh, or Market Street? There's a, the theatre State Theatre. No, 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 the, the one up, the one up the hill towards Castle Row Street. Um, 
Um, not Angel Place. It's gone. Right. It's gone now. It's gone now. But it was called anyway. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, yeah they pulled that. Right. One there was there was a laneway between there that, that had run 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 down the back, and there was a, a double a double cast iron door, and it would open up. The the, the, the van would go in. The van would drop down two floors down to the the, the basement, and there's these two other silly old blokes. And they're just, they're like forklifts and they just take millions and millions and millions. I just couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, we've got to rob this. We've just got to do that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think every every young bloke that, that sort of just thought, if we can get a gang together, we could do this. We could do this. Because it would be so easy. I remember talking to uh, Ronnie Biggs, his son, um, at his wedding. <laughs> And um, he said, he said, if if, if you'd have told, if you'd have told uh, him or uh, uh, one of the Reynolds, if you'd have told, if you'd have told them about that, we'd all could be a break oh. in transmission. Uh, uh, we uh, we'd have to we'd have to go back a little bit, Charlie. Can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have to you go cut, back. You to cut out. Start again from Ronald Biggs's son. Ah, uh, Michael. Yeah, when um, well, when. Uh, when Biggs, he got cancer in, uh, he was in Brazil and um, he wanted to come back because, you know, the, there's no NHS, um, there's no healthcare or Medicare in uh, in Brazil. And um, and he was nearly 80 and, it, you know, he was crook. So um, the Sun newspaper paid him a quarter of a million to, uh, to come back. So he gave that to his son, Michael. And um, he's a good young fellow, Michael. And... Um, but when he landed here, they thought, "Well, get you now," and so they wouldn't give him, um, they wouldn't grant him his residency because he never, he never married uh, Michael's mother, and uh, you know they just had it, and she left and ended up living with a Swiss banker, and um, and he stayed in Brazil with Michael and brought him up, but then he wanted him to have a, a British passport. Yeah. So he, um, they said, "No, no, you can't. You weren't married to her." So a couple of a couple of lads I know they had to go over to uh, Switzerland and. Ask her very nicely if she'd come back and marry Ronnie Biggs. Um, and he was in jail at Belmarsh. And of course, she said no, but she did change her mind. I don't know why, but she did change her mind. <laughs> and um, anyway, so she, she, came, she came back. They had the wedding at, uh, at Belmarsh. And, um, uh, and then we had, uh, we had the reception at, uh, at the Punchbowl Hotel in, uh, in Mayfair. Oh, it was a right old jolly that was. Um, so, Charlie, go back to you decided that it would be a good idea to rob the uh, the bank because of the millions of millions of dollars. So, did you rob the bank? No, sadly, sadly we didn't. Sadly, we didn't. Um, mind you, I'd have probably been better off doing that one um, than than picking up the newspaper a couple of days later and there's this big advertisement in the Telegraph and said. Um, the New South Wales Police Force wants you. Went, really? Do they? I wonder if they, <laughs> wonder if they do. I wonder if they do. Um, but but oh, I looked and it was it was paying thirteen thousand dollars or something uh, a year then, which mm. was double what I was getting in the bank. And I thought, oh, that's that's a bit of me. I'll have a go at this. And um, so yeah, off I went. Off I went and did the test and um, passed the test. Well, I only just got through the spelling test. I can't believe it. be a policeman. You had to know how to spell. <laughs> Go figure. But where was the where was the test actually held? 
Uh, I think it was the, it? The, the, the second floor of police headquarters, College the old, Street. The old College Street, yeah, headquarters. You're right. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then of course, um, tell us, uh, so, so you, you got in, obviously, got but in. Where, where, did you, where did you do your induction training in? Uh, at the old, uh, the old academy. Which Burke was Street. where? Burke oh, Street. oh, down where there the, where, where the, the stables are. are. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Where the mounties were. The mounties yeah. were there. Uh, actually, a, a mate of mine just sent me a picture. I just put it on, uh, just put on Facebook then of our uh, uh, our class photo. Um, uh, the twenty sixth, of June, nineteen seventy eight. They took a class photo. Yeah, twenty sixth of June, nineteen seventy eight. I remember that day very well. Well, not really that day, but that year. <laughs> that that year, I was I was walking through on my weekends, picking up the asking for the bags of horseshit, so I could sell them to the Greeks that had the gardens. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's, there's plenty of them. There was, was uh, yeah, just a, one of the boys, just uh, well, one of the ex-police, just sent me a thing then saying that there's um, I think there's six six of the guys have passed away already. Oh wow! Wow! Only, only, you know what? Late fifties, early sixties. It's gone already. It's a bit young. Uh, it's a bit young. It was a hard, hard. They've obviously had a hard life. But um, you know, speaking of hard life, I mean, you you finished your uh, your induction training, your your recruit course or whatever you called it, and uh, your tra- your initial training. You you passed with flying colours, and then you got stationed to where? Redfern. In the lovely, lovely red fern. I was. Uh, <laughs> I always thought they were a little bit weird. Those blokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was. Uh, but it was. Oh, you know, uh, for, for for a young nineteen-year-old starting off. Well, it was an eye opener. Well, tell us a few I stories. Used, I used to think that everything would, every, you know, the police. I didn't know what they what they did, what they got up to when no one was looking. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Shockers, absolute shockers. Well, I mean, we all had, we all had fun. It was a different world back then. It was a different world. Mm. Um, but um, guys, just just imagine now a, a newspaper crew sitting outside in Turner Street, Redfern, uh, with a camera looking through the mill room window. Oh my God! Yeah, they could see what went on there. <laughs> but they couldn't see through the window because I used to knock around as a kid, and it was very hard to see through the windows there. Not That's if you were in the flats across the road, it wasn't. Oh, really? So they kept the blinds open, did they? No blinds, mate. No blinds. Oh, uh, anyway, just amazing, amazing what went on back then. You, you uh, shared a couple of stories in your book, and I, yeah. you know, without giving too much away, you know, you can share maybe a story that wasn't written up. It's something you can remember, and and this will entice people to to buy the book. Maybe you oh. can share a little bit more. Well. Oh, I don't know. You know, there's there's just so many so many things happened there. Um, but there was there was a barbecue every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Every every. But I mean, most stations, to be fair, most stations on uh, on night work and have a barbecue on the on the last night of night work. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, Wednesday night, you know, going into Thursday morning. Um. And you know everyone every, everyone there'd be cartons of beer you know they'd do the rounds the boys would do the rounds each truck would go to a different to a different location pick up a case come back <laughs> you sit around and have a barbecue and wave it tied if someone from the public wanted you oh didn't you get <laughs> didn't you get filthy at them how dare they 
<laughs> so I guess most crimes from the smart criminals were conducted on the Thursday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> or, or even like, well, well it's, it's, three, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, the morning shift had, uh, the morning shift had finished and the afternoon shift weren't ready to start. I mean, that's when all the banks were robbed, three o'clock. <laughs> you, know, you, you knew you had a ten minute start for sure. So, so I mean, give 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 our give our listeners a bit of a bit of an insight into what what the life of the police were like. I mean, I, you know, things were loose back then. The paperwork wasn't as tight. I guess regulations weren't as tight. But you know, like what what kind of things were going on that would surprise people today? Well, well, I I I, I think I, I think it was a lot safer place to live back then. You know, uh, in spite of all the, you know, the, the wrong things that were police, the police were doing, but they they did do the work. Yeah. You know, there would there'd be none of the rubbish that goes on nowadays. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be there, uh, you know, carrying on and well, yeah. But you know, people have got rights. They've got rights. But you know, if you if you're not if you're not being some hoodlum down the street. Uh, or, or you know, or, or a violent criminal. Um, you didn't, you didn't need to worry about what the police were doing. You know, yeah. was, uh, you know that. I mean, you, know, you used to have to be. Uh, was it five foot nine and, um, and and reasonably fit and this and that and the other thing. You know, I mean, I was, um, I was in Sydney when, when oh, a couple of years back when my mother passed away, and um, and I was dri- I was driving down George Street and there was. There was a police woman, and she would not she would not have been five foot two, and 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 weighed about eight stone, ring and wet, and you could just you know can you imagine her telling you what to do? So go away, darling, you know, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and, but you know she's allowed to be a police person, really? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so there was a there was a fearsome there was a fearsome note because I grew up in uh, on the corner of Cleveland Street and Chalmers Street, and there was a you know I, I used to walk between uh, between the Redfern stables uh, to my primary school and knock around at knock around Redfern with a lot of mates and there was a fearsome. But the police had this um, this this look about them that they only look at you sideways and you piss off like you know really you wouldn't, you yeah, wouldn't well, want to muck around. No, with yeah, to, 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 be, to, to be fair, well, you know, it was it was it wasn't a bad area, Redfern. Then uh, you know, well, you know, there was always there was always the trouble down um, uh, you know Lewis Street and you know around um, well, what they call the county. Um, there was there was always problems there. You know, they, they it's a bit like putting a. You know, put you know they, they they put lions in cages. You know, putting putting an Aboriginal community there in the middle of the city like that, it it was bound to kick off. It was really bound to kick off. You know, and it and it all and it always did. Um, and then surround it, surround the whole the whole of those you know four or five streets with with ten pubs. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, and, and and of course it did. But you know they. To, to be fair, they they kept it they kept it themselves. Um, and if you were foolhardy enough to go down there, well, you know, you probably deserve what you got. Mm, mm. Uh, but but it was yeah, it was it was a tough area around there. Um, yeah, and you 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 seem to um, you know um, skate through your, your time at um, at Redfern, but um, at some point you had a bit of a bit of a crisis in. Uh, 
in ma- of management, so so to speak. Oh, and, I don't know. You know, I, I see. I've seen never problem. But you know, when 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 you see things, we were there. We were there on night shift one night, and um, and the boys they had a few beers and went down to uh, down to Moore Park, and I didn't know where we were going. I mean, I'm you know I'm 19 years old. What would I know? Um, and they just just headed off into the toilet block and started flogging these gay blokes that that were just. Evidently, it's a gay thing. I don't know why, but you know, shagging in the toilet. Go figure. I do remember um, uh, George Michael. George Michael got caught in the toilets on Hampstead Heath over here, or oh, probably ten years, twelve years ago now. Uh, and he, uh, the bloke, the bloke that he was doing the business with in the toilet, rang up the radio station and said um, that he'd just shagged George Michael in the toilet the night before. So that the radio station rang George and said, um, George, we've had this bloke that he reckons he, you know, he had sex with you in the toilet last night. George said, did you get his number? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe that I heard that. He said, he says, oh, it's a gay thing. Get over it. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and that, that was it, you know. I don't know. Alan Jones, he did the same thing, didn't he? Um, no, no, no. The boy was tying his shoelaces, mate. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, that's, but, the official, uh, yeah, so that's the official story. Was, yeah, I, but I didn't know that at the time, you know. And um, you know, they yeah. got it. They, they just started blogging them with batons and chasing them across the park. And you know, there's me thinking that they've just committed some felony or something. Yeah. And um, no, no, they were just they were just puffs. What do you mean? They were, who cares if they? Who cares? What's that got to do with it? Why are you going bash them? Yeah. I, yeah. I said no. Nah, no, nah, I'm having none of this. I'm having none of this. And. Um, and yeah, then um, a good mate of mine. He was he was working at Maroubra, and old Jack Rayner, Rupert John. He said, "Oh, we'll get that young fella over here. He's a good footballer." So they got me transferred to uh, Maroubra. Oh, yeah, we had some fun over there. Yeah, that was the first. Fun. That was the uh, that was the first time you saw uh, like uh, be- beaches full of uh, topless women. Is that right? <laughs> I wasn't the first. I wasn't the first <laughs> one, but good uh, old. <laughs> The wonderful Fred Nile, eh? my mate Fred, <laughs> he decided he decided that it's immoral, it's illegal, and you shouldn't be allowed to be half naked on a beach. So they had to form a section that had to go and and arrest all these women for being naked on the beach. Well, how quick can your hand go up? Please, uh, pick me, pick me, pick me. So, <laughs> needless to say, you were first in line. Is that right? Oh, jeez, I couldn't believe. Well, well, we were doing we were doing really well with uh, with Maruba at the time uh, in the football team, and uh, and Jack Rayner he um, he ran his division on um, on 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 his football team, uh, which was quite understandable. And um, he said, "Go on, young fella, you 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 and that Peter O'Brien and Bill Short, you get out there, and I want I want them all off the beaches." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem, sir. So we went round. God, I'm sorry, madam. I'm, I'm afraid I'm, you're just going to have to put that top on. And, you know, you can imagine the response. Why? What's the matter with my breast? Nothing, darling. Absolutely nothing. If you can just give me your name and your phone number, it'll be fine. And we'll get back to you. You know, if there's any reason that we need to get back to you, we'll get back to you. <laughs> oh, God bless his cotton socks. Right? 
<laughs> you you landed a good one there. But Brad you... Nile. Oh, I love him. Love him. <laughs> hey, they all say he's a lunatic. Oh, I love him. What a good man. <laughs> I remember Fred Nile said uh, about the gay Mardi Gras. He said um, some, something to the, the effect of, I won't have gay people shoving things down my throat. <laughs> something to those effects. Yeah. Good old Fred. Was, Good old Fred. Probably true. Good old. 1987 uh, um, uh, was my. I, I'd just been sent to Darlinghurst, and um, and this gay Mardi Gras thing was on, and uh, they were all out at uh, out at the showground, and there was a noise complaint come from someone in Centennial Park, and uh, they, wow. saw, they said, "Oh, Charlie, go out there and t- tell these people." Well, I don't know. There's a noise complaint, so we went out there and. Uh, into the showground, you could hear, you could hear it. They had these, you know, these big ghetto blasters. It wasn't, it was nowhere near organised like it is nowadays. Um, and um, and there was probably a couple of hundred drunks pill popping and carrying on, um, uh, half naked, all blokes snogging blokes. It was, it wasn't the, it wasn't the, uh, you know, lesbian, gay, and one. It was, it was just, it was just all the all the men there, and all dressed in leather and. Bit like the village people gone mad, um, and um, anyway, so I've gone up and said, "Listen, boys, you're gonna have to turn the music down." No, don't you know who we are? We're this and we're that. I said, "Mate, shut the fuck up! Yeah, turn that music off now, and just pull the plug on them." Can you imagine doing that nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I can't. You'd be. You'd, yeah, you'd... We're going to complain to the superintendent. We've been given permission to do this. Yada yada. Anyway, they they made a complaint. I remember the boss called me up and said, Storm, what have you done? What have you done? I said, got a noise complaint. They gave my noise abatement direction and they told me to fuck off. So what did you do? I pulled the plug. Oh, that's fair enough then. That's fair enough. Signed the notepad, you know, it was there. That was nice it. and easy. The uh, the uh, the uh, complaint was uh, was answered. <clears throat> yeah, great. Job. Yeah, job done. Really, such a simple thing to do. Turn the music off. So, so how many how many years did you spend? I mean, obviously, you you moved from you moved from Redfern Station to Maroubra. Yeah. You pl- you played football for the police. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah played, and for you, the, played for the New South Wales team as well. Yeah. Yeah, but you also had. Did you also get to national representation? Is that right? You all went went as high as that, or or am I no, mistaken? No, no, well, uh, well, no. The New South Wales <laughs> team. Uh, we took we toured New Zealand a couple of times. Right, and um, and how'd that go? Oh, pretty good. Right? Boys on tour. Huh? Oh, right. And, I thought maybe they belt they belted the shit out of you because uh, you know the big big Maori lads. No, nah, no. Nah, rugby league's rugby league's the same as it's over there. We didn't play them in rugby union. We played them in league. Huh? Yeah, right. Okay. If you'd, play, if, you'd, if you'd have played them in union, oh, Jesus, we'd still have black eyes now. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fair enough. So, so um, <clears throat> you finished. I mean, you spent a fair amount of time in Darlinghurst and. I guess that was an eye opener for you, but but in those years, in those years, there there were a lot of um, you know, you know, colourful characters getting around the Darlinghurst precinct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Rod, said Roger. Roger was there. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Well, he just he just left. I'd met him a couple of times. Um, he he just left after I got there. Oh. Probably a, lucky. Yeah. Well, I think so too. I think so too. No so, friend of mine, but. So Roger wow. did have he, even on even within the ranks he had a, he had a fearsome rep, reputation. Like generally, what how was he how was he uh, looked upon? As a killer, 
Oh, really? Even yeah. within the ranks? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yep. You, you, you wouldn't argue with him, that's for sure. Right. They had a, he had a, uh, a short fuse, did, did he? Well, no, no. You know, <clears throat> if you just met him, you would think, wow, isn't he? A, he's mild-mannered Clark Kent sort of thing. Right. Um, you know, uh, very well-spoken, very well-spoken. Um, but there's just there was just two of them, you know. Um, he, he didn't need to jump into a phone box. But, he, but I tell you what, when he came out, oh, yeah, you wouldn't mess with him. You wouldn't mess with him. Right. I would say every. I would say every story is true. Right, right. Yeah. And he was finishing up his career when you when you were going in. Yeah, yeah, Darlinghurst. Okay, and um, tell t- paint paint the picture for for how Darlinghurst, the the cross and the whole area was back then. It was uh, certainly different to how it is today. Oh, it was uh, the wild west. It was the wild west. Um, and and I just I just been transferred from Parramatta, which was. Yeah, like home ground Australia. And there was, you know, there wasn't any drugs in, I'm sure there was, but there, but there wasn't really any drugs in Parramatta. There was no, it, there, were, there was no prostitution. There was no this. And I mean, there was, quite obviously there was, but it was in one little room uh, that, you know, this happened, another little room that that happened or, you know, uh, in the back of Harris Park or somewhere, you know, on the, the third floor of a building, that's where you could get a massage. Um, but it, it was a good. It was a great place to get brought up in the western suburbs of Sydney. It was. It was there. It was safe. It was healthy. You didn't. You didn't need to worry about anything. And you know, and I'd been a policeman, and nothing. Nothing had changed. You know, you were. You were respected being a policeman. Um, you wouldn't muck around with the police. Um, you'd do what you're told. If a, you know, if a copper came along and said, "Oi, piss off and get home," you would. Um, but when you got into Darlinghurst, well, that was just a different. <laughs> Just a different place altogether. Everyone was there. Was just on every corner. There was there was some some hooker with a with a needle hanging out of her arm, and there was there was you know there was a corner for this and a corner for that, and and um, and, and the, the consorting squad and the uh, and the, the twenty one division and that and they would just wander around bars and one thing and another. They didn't really do any police work. These blokes they they just went and had a drink in every joint that was going around. <laughs> and they'd walk, they'd walk in there and say, "Good day, you know, all very nice and one thing another. How's things going, you know?" And the the proprietors, "Oh, would you like a drink, officer?" Yeah, of course. Oh, well, I'll have a beer, I'll have a whiskey. Uh, but, and by you know, by the time they get back in the morning, oh, it's unbelievable. You know, if you saw if you saw detectives coming home, uh, finishing their shift at, at you know seven o'clock in the morning, um, back then, well, you just wonder how they all got home. It's all drove. <laughs> They all drove. They're all pissed. They all drove. No RBT. No, no. And well, you know, if you if you had an accident on the way home, it'd be the the station near where you lived, and they would they they just drive you home. You know, you put the car on the back of a tow truck and drive you home. <laughs> wow, wow. I mean that that that's low, but that's low level stuff. I'm sure you saw uh, saw a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, and occasionally, occasionally, coppers did have to run after after people and 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 chase them down. I imagine a bit of that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was there, there, there was a bit of that, but it was it, things. 
you know, the street crime and one thing another, that was all for the general duties. Anything, anything, I mean, even a break and enter, you know, general duties police, generally speaking, didn't even go to it. They'd go to a break and enter and then they'd call the detectives. Um, and why they ever had to do that, I don't know, but, you know, it seemed to make them feel a bit better. It's all a bit strange to me, but um, uh, they'd come and investigate the crime investigate my ass what would they do they come yeah tell the fingerprint blokes to come out tomorrow yeah sweet thank you yeah don't touch that thing goodbye see you later fill in the insurance claim that's it job done no it wasn't you know it wasn't really people used to think that if you were a detective you were seeing you to a to a uh, uh to a general duties policeman that wasn't true but a lot of people a lot of well a lot of people still think that nowadays so, Char- so charlie how many years in total were you with the force Oh, just under 10. So at the end of those 10 years, where did you go to? Um, well, that's, well, I sort of, sort of, I mean, I got sacked. Um, we, um, I was at Darlinghurst and uh, we found um, six dozen bottles of scotch in the back of uh, Kerry Ann Kennelly's car. Whoops. And I, 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 did, I didn't drink scotch, so it didn't matter to me. I just took it back and went to book it up and the bloke in the station says, Oh, I'll take care of that for you, Thornton. And I said, what do you mean you'll take care of that for me? He said, well, there's no point in booking it up. You don't know where it's come from. You know, it's stolen property and you'll never find who owned it. So, you know, you'll have a file for a year. And um, and that's just going to sit there in the property office for a year and then it'll get auctioned. And I could see them. They were there looking at me going, oh, this is a, this is a bit of a score, this, for them. Mm. And anyway, I, I let them take it. Um, and, of course, anyway, then then... One of their one of the, one of their friends gave them all up, um, and they were all in, they were all in trouble. Um, so I said, "Oh, I've had enough of the coppers. That'll do me." So I took the rap for them all, and um, and that was it. Uh, I ple- I went to court and pleaded guilty to stealing by finding. Right. Um, and the magistrate the magistrate refused to record a conviction against me. He gave me a five fifty six a, which I was pleased about that, and. Um, so then, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, just married, and had two young, two young children, um, and I thought, well, what am I going to do now? You know, I've only, I've only, really, in my adult life, this is all I've ever done. Mm. And um, so, and I happened to be in the cross at the time, and knew quite a few people around. And anyway, the boys, my mates, they'd sort of rallied, and there was, there was a couple of doorman uh, jobs, come maitre d sort of. Places and so I started working at Barron's down in uh, Kellett Street, um, like a sort of like a maitre d more than a doorman really. And um, anyway, it was it was a bit of fun. And um, uh, so I was there for oh, probably a year or two, and then um, and then my mate across the road got into a fair bit of strife with the with the AFP. And um, that wouldn't have been Marty Clapp, would it? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, a good friend of mine too, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, he's a good man. He's a good yeah. man, and and he was my best mate. And they they'd set him up. They they'll tell you they didn't set him up, but you know when when someone comes along and offers you a whole lot of money, and all you got to do is uh, take a big bag of cash and sell it. And so so I mean, a lot of people would have done it, um, mm-hmm. but. but there's a story that goes with with that, didn't he? Didn't he jump in his car and take off and end up up at Palm Beach or something? No, it was that it was that it was that church it was that church, church point. point and, right. he, 
he saw, he, he saw them coming and just <laughs> hurled through the bush, knocked them all out. He's a big, he's a big lump. He's a big unit, buddy. He was. And uh, he, he, he just, he hid in the bush and in his best camouflage, dived into a whole bunch of leaves. And um, he said a couple of them ran over the top of him. They didn't even know it was there because he was, you know, he was like a rock and just covered himself with leaves. And they just <laughs> ran over the top of him. He knocked them all out of the way. And um, they spent, you know, they, they were there all night. And anyway, well, it must have been two, three o'clock in the morning. He rang me at Barron's and said, mate, I'm in trouble. And I'd had, I'd had the Springfields uh, uh, ute at the time, mm. the ute or the V-dub, one of their cars. He said, can you come and pick me up? I'm in trouble. And I said, yeah, where are you? And he told me. And, well, he, he said, you know where the big girl is? Uh-huh. And I said, yeah. Yeah, that was just a person that used to come to Springfields quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm, I'm in the bush across the road from her house. And I went, was this a joke? Like, it's, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning, Marty. Um, you know, it's going to take me an hour and an hour to get up there at least, you know, from, from the cross up to Church Point. Mm. Uh, um, anyway, so I get up there and there's, um, had a roadblock. <laughs> had a roadblock there going up Baron Jerry Road. <laughs> had a roadblock. And, uh, and I, saw the, I saw the cop was there and I said, um, I, I recognised one of the blokes, and he said, "Hello, Charlie." And I'd borrowed, um, I'd borrowed a, a Mercedes off one of the one of the identities up the cross. And um, he said, "Where are you going?" And I told him I was going to have a bit of a dalliance with the bird up the road. <laughs> and he he saw the Merg and went, "Oh, you you're doing all right since you got out, Charlie." You know, I said, "Yeah, mate." I said, "Look, do I have to wait in the queue when I come back?" I said, "Because you know, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get home." Um, he said, no, 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 no. He said, just, just toot your horn. And he said, you can come down the side. I'll tell the boys it's you. Well, I've gone up there, threw Marty in the boot of the car and drove, <laughs> drove him past and then hit him for a couple, hit him for a couple of months and, um, and then got to the bottom of it. Um, and they had these two American uh, DEA agents. They'd come over and that, that, like, like all police involved in things like that, they were just two blokes on a holiday. Mm. You know, like, They'd arrested some bloke in America for some really minor offence over there, and and so he says, "Oh, I could I can hook you up in Australia." And of course, they they just do a bit of paperwork, and next thing you know, they're on a flight having a holiday for a couple of months in Australia, pretending you know, drug, the war on drugs, you know, the war on drugs. Well, America worried about Australia, really? I don't think so. <laughs> um, so anyway, so they came out a couple of months holiday over here, and. Um, but yeah, long story short, you read about it in the book. But anyway, I got them in the end, got them sorted them out. <laughs> so, uh, and, so you must know Grant Hilton as well. I know Grant. I know Grant very well. Yeah, he uh, broke, uh, broke his leg the other day. Did he? Mm, he's did he? I'm, 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 I'm friends with Grant on uh, on Facebook. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he fell off his scooter and did a job on himself. Oh right, yeah. No, uh, well, he's um, uh, he, he's he's his son and yeah, I know Marilyn the whole lot. I know all 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 of the all of the claps. Yeah. And, um, well, well, he was running Benny's, wasn't he, Grant, at the time? Yeah, Marty was the doorman. That's, That's where right. it all kicked off. Yeah. John Ross and they all hated him, and well, they hated him when he took over Springfields, and then they hated me even more because they thought that Springfields had closed then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marty asked me to run the place, and it was. Oh Marty, you know all these, all these musos—they're all taking cocaine. I don't want to have anything to do with it. 
Mongrels they are. Oh, that mongrels. Oh, yeah. I, 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 never, I, I, never, I never had it. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand it. I'll tell, you a funny, I'll tell you a funny story. Right, Richard Clapton, Ralph, he's in the toilet with some other bloke. Probably me, uh, no. actually. No? Probably me. <laughs> Could have been. I don't know. But he's in the toilet. And when Mick Kelso, the licensing sergeant, comes in, and he says, oh, hello, Charlie. How's things? I said, yeah, mate, good, good, good. You know, we had a cordial relationship. So he wanders, um, he says, I'm just going for a squirt. So he wanders down the toilet. And when next thing you know, he comes out, he's, he's got Ralph by one ear and his mate by the other ear. He said, I've just caught these two puffs in the toilet. They were shagging in the toilet. <laughs> and I'm looking at him going, Mick, Mick, they weren't shagging. Yeah, Charlie, I was just in the toilet. They're in the same cubicle, I'm telling you. <laughs> he'd been the licensing sergeant he'd been the licensing sergeant for a decade and he didn't know what cocaine was right? and oh, so wow. so he, he said I'm, take, I'm, take, I'm taking them back to the station and Ralph's going to me he's going Charlie, Charlie, what are you doing, what are you doing I said Ralph, shut the fuck up just be a puff for the next hour right? and he'll just write it up it'll go nowhere but if you don't he's going to search you and he's going to find that couple of grams in your pocket <laughs> Oh, all right, Charlie. All right, all right, all right. Well, anyway, so that's exactly how it played out. Mick took him over, wrote some report saying that that, that he was obviously gay and you know was um, you know, having a little a little dalliance with a bloke in a toilet and um, and just put a report in about put a report in about it. And, and uh, anyway, Ralph came back and finished off his lines. It was really yeah, it was all it was all nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd know uh, people like Ross Seymour and all that crew. Ross the legend Seymour. That's right. And uh, Ross the legend. Well, and that's that's where I hid Marty at Ross Ross's, Ross's place. place yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah, that's that's the story yeah. I heard. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, I I I loved Ross. I loved him. Loved the man. Yeah, and um, he must. I think I was probably the only person he never robbed. Um, <laughs> he robbed the Sydney Cove Tavern blind for years. Oh, the Sydney Cove, the Century Tavern. Yeah. Uh, oh, mate, had, had, had a bar bill in every establishment. He did every establishment and around. never paid and never paid for a drink. Never paid for a drink ever in his life. Wow. Um, and the ones he used to sell were half water, half whatever it was. Yep. Um, that was how he'd do his stock take. Look, I've got more scotch here than I'm supposed to have. No, 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 <laughs> don't, Ross. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, he, he was good. We had we had many a good night. Him and um, old Gus Gould. Uh, with uh, I wasn't going to mention his here. name, but yes, that that was his other, the other person I was thinking of at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, we uh, yeah we we'd, we'd spend uh, many a many a Sunday night down at uh, Noble House with uh, Margaret Chen and Barry Forrester. Um, she was a great lady. She was, mm. um, and um, yeah. So we'd have a Sunday night punters post mortem down there every every Sunday night, and there was six between six and ten of us get there every Sunday night, and we just we're the only ones in the restaurant, and um, yeah. So uh, so all those years at Barron and that Barrons, and then <clears throat> where to after that, Charlie? Uh, well, then 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 Springfield. Yep, um, and then. Um, well, when Marty got into trouble, all the people around the cross, because no one ever, no one ever trusted me. It's like you know, well, he's, he's, a, he's a copper, that bloke. He's a copper, you know. All the musos and one thing, another. It's like no, no, don't trust him. He's a copper. He's a copper. Mm. And um, but then when Marty got into trouble, everyone thought, oh, you know, Marty, he'll spend a hundred years in jail for this. Mm. And you know, once once you pulled the case apart, it didn't take much really to work out that it was that it was just 
just the AFP and a couple of DEA agents on holiday. Um, and um, so Marty got what? Well, see, no, no one ever, he never went there. It was like eight years later before he, he pleaded guilty because he had um, uh, Grant's old partner, Julian, and uh, he had his house um, as, um, uh, as a guarantor that he did front court. And um, and he just wanted to free everyone up and, and get back to a normal life. So he ended up pleading guilty. I was filthy on him for pleading guilty to some made-up charge. But he, you know, I think they gave him 12 months or something like that. Just And he just did that to get it all over and done with and, get, and go away. And um, um, But what had happened as a result of that, everyone around the cross, and, you know, well, you, know you, you were up there, so they'd say, oh, if you get into trouble, go and see that, go and see that Charlie Storm bloke. He, he's... He works with a couple of lawyers and Jesus, you know, he's he's pretty clever. So it it just turned out I had a great business then. Everyone everyone that'd get pinched to come and see me, I'd take them to their lawyers. Um, I'd get the brief, and I'd go through the brief, find out where the coppers uh, have made mistakes or told lies or, you know, put this here when it wasn't really there. Mm. And um and it had a great success rate. And it just it just kept it going on and on and on from there. And um um, and then the, the, they had the Royal Commission. Well, of course, I knew the answer to everything, but they decided to, to subpoena me. And, um, well, I wasn't having any of that. So that was it. So they locked me up for a year for refusing to answer questions. And um, that was an experience. <laughs> not a pleasant one, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, not- look, I, I mean, one of the a couple of things that stuck out for me was one the um, the number of times in, in your book the number of times you talked about police verbaling, you know, and yeah. and, and and I guess that was uh, was quite a common practice uh, in a lot of in a lot of cases. Like the evidence. Well, I think it's it, it started it started off. Uh, I think they taught it to you at uh, uh, at the police academy. Um, you arrest this bloke, and you don't like him for what for for whatever reason. Um, and you know they justify you not liking him. Uh, he was a, uh, you know, he was, he, he was a child molester, or he was this, or he was that, or wh- whatever it was. I mean, some, mm. something that you know would get you going. Um, and so you'd walk up and say, "You're under arrest," and he's, and you're going, you know, you're, you're going to be charged, and you're going to court tomorrow. And they taught you at the academy. Um, and so then what you do is you put, and all magistrates are cunts. That that's what he said. That's what he said, and it starts there. And you learn that that's where the, that's where the verbal starts. So when so when the court when 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 the, when the, when the facts are read out of court tomorrow, um, and and when questioned in relation to this, he said, "Fuck you, all magistrates accounts." The master, did you say that about me? You'll get an extra ten years for this now. <laughs> Wow. That, that, that's uh, that's that's the one thing that stuck out, and the second thing was that you were incredibly loyal to the people around you, and you didn't you didn't you didn't cave, you didn't roll over, you didn't under pressure. Didn't didn't that it was that it was uh, to me it was you know you I'm sure you know both of you you would know things about people. Mm. Um, and and they're doing they're doing things whether you know let's say they're not paying their tax or they're they're you know fiddling this or doing that. It doesn't bother you, you know. Like you know, why would you get involved in someone else's business? I mean, I knew things about people, um, and I know things about people, but it's it doesn't you know. 
who am I to throw a stone? Who am I to throw a stone? Mm. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, you just you just don't tell tales. I mean that that, that philosophy uh, that you that philosophical view on life that you that you that you d- developed was that always with you because it, it certainly comes out in your book. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, I, it's, you know, you, you don't you don't know everything, you know. So you you give someone up for something, you, you don't know the reason. Like you, it's almost like you you're then becoming your your God. You're saying, well, I'm going to whatever to you. Well, who are you? You know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, good. yeah, just, just. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, no. maybe, maybe watching too many too, The Godfather too many times as a kid. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe. I mean, the Woods Royal Commission, uh, you know, threw up a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, crap. Rats. So you can call them rats. You can a lot call of rats. Them rats. A lot of rats. A lot of people rolled over. A lot of people dobbing on each other, and you know, and um, there was a lot of fear around around that uh that period and and um certainly it, it it um it must have left people like you questioning the idea of mateship and um and uh nah, you know no nah. no nah, no nah, no nah, nah, didn't nah, nah, never ne- ne- never never questioned that uh, i was just talking to, uh, talking to a couple of mates last night uh, that i went to school with the patrician brothers fairfield you know like 50 years ago and, uh, and there's 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 six of us and we're yeah. um, you know, from fifty years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's a it's a life it's a lifetime thing being a mate of mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that's a great thing. Look, you know, some interesting characters you uh, you were introduced to uh, on the other side of uh, of the bench, so to speak, like uh, Liz Fullerton. I, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that lady distinctly when she was uh, walking the cross as a young girl. She used to uh, have a great pair of legs. <laughs> that's what I. Re- that's what I remember. What yeah, do you well, remember? What do you remember? I, 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 I have a yeah. I, I really, really, really respect the lady. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tough as nails. Uh, to me, to me, to me, she's uh, she's probably in the in the top handful of legal minds in the country. Um, she's uh, she's she's there. She's open minded. She she understands. Um. um and the last time I saw her was, oh, just before she got a judgeship. I think I was back there. Um, I saw her down Elizabeth Street, mm-hmm. 185 Elizabeth Street, and I just stormed into her office. And I hadn't seen her since um, since she'd represented me probably ten years before. Um, and I walked in, and she said, "It's the dingo! It's the dingo!" <laughs> she called you the and, dingo. Uh, the dingo, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't talk he doesn't talk my business card was a fox and she said that's not a fox that's a dingo she said that's you you don't talk um so um yeah no, a lot of, a lot of time a lot of time do you know that marty 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 brett Ma- marty clapp she prosecuted him um oh, really? yeah at, at his committal and of course i ruined the committal <laughs> um why is that because he was my best mate. <laughs> um, I, cha- I charged. I charged the two DEA. There was two American DEA blokes there, and um, and and they, they, they were just full of bullshit. And so I charged them both. I went. I went to, down to Central Court and got two summonses, and I charged them civilly, me against them for supplying kilos of uh, uh, commercial quantity of uh, cocaine. 
and um, and on the front of the steps of uh, Central Court, I handed them both their, their subpoenas. <laughs> and they said, what are you doing? Piss off you. I said, right, boys, you've been subpoenaed. Right, that's it. You're, you're, you're to appear here in court next week because I've charged you with supply. So anyway, Marty's committal starts the next week and they got into the, the first of the, the first of them gets into the witness box. And um, Pat, Pat Costello, the legend, the legend barrister, yes. he says, um, the counsellor, he says, um, Charlie, did you did you issue those summonses again? I said, yeah, he said, great. So he stands up and he says, Your Worship, Your Worship, I object, I object. These men should, this man should be cautioned that anything he says will be used against him and the magistrate. He didn't know what was going on. Anyway, he looked in the court papers. He said, you've been charged with supply. He said, I'm the police. He said, you might be the police in the United States, but you ain't the police here. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he cautioned him then that anything he said be used against him in his his matter. And Elizabeth was, oh, she hit the she hit the roof. She looked at me and said, you scamming. Oh, you, you're just a crook. Um, and she said, oh, I'll advise him what to do. She, he said, no, nah, conflict of interest there. Conflict of interest, send him down to Daking House. Send him down to the legal aid office. They've gone down there. The legal aid bloke said, mate, you've been charged. Anything you say will be used against you. You, you. you didn't have any right. And my logic was I had two signed confessions. They called them their statements. <laughs> but, but they were two signed confessions because they said exactly what they did and what they were intending on doing. And they were intending on supplying cocaine and cocaine and cocaine forever and a day. Well, they didn't have any, they didn't have any right to do that. And someone, someone hadn't thought that um, we'd we'd better get these uh, we'd better get the attorney general to give them an exemption, um, you know, for the purposes of doing whatever. But they hadn't, no one had done that, so they were guilty. Marty wasn't, and they were guilty, so they couldn't give evidence, and um, and they were on the plane back to America. That was the end. That was the end of that. But they hightailed out of there, right? They hightailed yeah. out, and and Elizabeth, oh, she was filthy on me, absolutely filthy. <laughs> But yeah, and, um, and then then Marty asked her to represent him. He bumped into her in um, outside St Vincent's Hospital one day, and she said, Marty, "I can't represent you. I prosecuted you." Um, <laughs> but um, it's, it's like it's, you can't it, make it up, can you? You no, can't no, make it up. You can't make it up. <laughs> I remember once he, um, um, there was a, uh, a policeman put on the internet after Chris had been king it. He'd been king it in the side of the street. And oh, really? um, yeah, it was just in his car, and some bloke just walked up and went smack, and um, yeah, did, did him a bit of damage. And so he went to uh, Paddington Police Station to report it, and they told him to piss off. And um, he just couldn't believe it. no, no one, had, no one had you know chased the bloke down. He had the registration number of the car and everything, and no one would do anything. Um, now there's a sign in Paddington Police Station back then. It used to say, yeah, yeah, Chris Murphy's a grub. Don't talk to him. Blah blah blah. And Anyway, just you know, police being childish, um, and uh, so anyway, this policeman, ex-policeman, who was now a licensee of a pub, he put on Facebook. Obviously, they didn't hit you hard enough. Well, it was like a red flag to a ball. Chris was having none of that, so he rang me and he said, "Do you know this bloke?" And I said, "Yeah, I said I do. I said I played football with him." And um, I said, "He's out of the job now." And he said, "Well, he's a licensee, and if he wants to keep his liquor license." He said, I'm going to object to him holding a liquor license because he's promoting violence. And he's pretty 
well, you know, he'd he'd run that, he'd run that, and you know, it would have it would have embarrassed the other bloke. He said, um, I want him to take that off Facebook now. Can you speak to the bloke? So I rang the bloke, I hadn't seen him for 20 years, I guess. And I rang the bloke and I said, mate, you've done that there. He said, fuck Chris Murphy. I said, well, I'll tell you what's going to happen if you keep with that attitude. Um, he's going to fuck you. And you you're, and you hold a liquor licence and you're promoting violence in a public forum. And I reckon you shouldn't probably do that. So I reckon if you ring him and tell him you're sorry, and it was just in jest and, you know, you'd had a few beers or something like that, he might just forget about it. Um, so anyway, he did. He rang him and he apologised to Chris. And um, and then Chris said, "All right, I'll let him off this time. I'll let him off this time." But um, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of time for Chris Murphy. A lot of time for him. Very very few police have, but I've got a lot of time for him. So Charlie, what's happening now? You've written the book. The book's out. I've written, you're, I've you're, the book. you're you're in. Are you stuck in in London, or are you uh, living in London? No, no, I live, I live in, I live in London. I live here. Right. I'm more than happy to live here. Yeah, Australia is not the place I grew up in. Yeah, right. Um, over, over, over polluted, over taxed. Um, I, mean, I can't believe there's a, there's more signs in Australia telling you what to do. Like if you, if you walk into a pub now, there must be, must be fifty signs there telling you. That you know, um, uh, this way for that. If you're over 18, you're under 18. You can't smoke within four meters of this. You've got to do this. Uh, don't fart there. You know, you're not allowed in here. If you're a, you've got a gambling problem, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. For fuck's sake, mm. it's worse. It's worse than school going to a pub. Um, so it's not. Know, the, so it's not the Australia you grew up in, right? No, 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 no change. If I if if I ever if I ever do well, if, if we get rid of Peter Dutton, I might come back. <laughs> But um, lurch. I, so. I am on. I am on the website. I hate Peter Dutton. I'm. I'm part of that group. <laughs> uh, but you just. Yeah. You, know, you. You hear some of the redneck rubbish that people come out with. Um, and yeah, I. 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 I really, really enjoy Europe. Um. Um. I spent. Uh, you know, probably. Probably best part of the last decade with a um, with a with a car racing team, a Ferrari racing team, and a Porsche racing team, and I do their hospitality. And I travel around travel around Europe, um, having parties for people. Pretty yeah. good job. <laughs> Tough job. But I do want to ask you this: Can you can you tell me the meaning of the phrase? Because I've never heard it before. Uh, Dobbers wear nappies. Yeah, yeah. My um, my uh, my my. my uh, I, I, I came home from Springfields one night and it was oh, stupid stupid o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock or something like that. And um, I'd come in and, and something was amiss at home. And, and I said, who bloody did that? It would be one of the children. And, um, and my young bloke, my young bloke came out. He was probably, probably four, three, four years of age. And he, um, he said, it was Daniel, Dad. It was Daniel, which is his older brother's name. And um, I said, what do you mean it was Daniel? He said, yeah, yeah, Dad, Dad, it was Daniel. It wasn't me. It was Daniel. It was Daniel. Nah, 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 nah. And I whacked him right across the arse. And, um, and he burst into tears. And I said, that's it, mate. There you go. There you go. Little cry, baby. Dobbers wear nappies. Dobbers wear nappies. And, uh, there you go. I'm, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's all right now after $25,000 of personal counselling. <laughs> Don't you worry about him, mate. He's he's doing really well. He's doing really well. And um, 
but but what made me feel so proud was the day I got locked up. Um, the day I got locked up at the Royal Commission, of course, it was all over the TV and all the newspapers and one thing and another. So I got to make me one phone call when I um, when I got to Long Bay before they put me in the cells, and um, and I rang and, and young Timmy Timmy was well, he would have been what seven, eight, nine, something like that at the time, and. Um, and I said, oh, he said, Dad, no, I've just seen you on the telly. I've just seen you on the telly. I said, yeah, look, I've got to explain it to you. I've got to explain it to you. He said, Dad, I know, I know, I know. Dobbers wear nappies. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I went, oh, I love it, love it. You know, you, know you, you do something in life and it comes back years later. And, and it's, yeah, I was quite proud of that moment. And, uh, no, well, that's, that's, that's a part of your, I mean, it's, it, it, this is obviously going to form, that's a beautiful story, by the way, but this this uh this your your time in in jail and your experiences there and what led to you know what what that led to afterwards that's something we can talk about at uh at, yeah. later, at our next stage. at our next uh meeting yeah i hope you enjoyed i hope you enjoyed having it next time next time we're going to reverse it you can have the beer in your hand it could be an <laughs> evening session for you and a morning, and morning session for us because i'm i'm still young enough uh, to enjoy a beer in the morning every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I've actually, I, uh, the Mr. She brought me home a couple last night. Uh, not that I needed any because the fridge was already full. But um, I might just go and have one myself now. Hey, it's been a good chat, boys. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah. and uh, when I see Grant Hilton, I'm going to visit him in the next couple of days. I'll pass on your regards. Um, break yeah. his other foot. You got to break his other foot, <laughs> <over>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make it nice. Make it nice and even. Uh, all right. No worries. All right. Just, no worries. Just, just tell him. Just tell him to remember Brett, the queer musician. That's from right. Back, from back there, right? In the dunny with Richard Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. See you, right. Charlie. <laughs> See ya. You too. Bye. Yeah. and drugs and rock and roll is all my brain and body need sex and drugs and rock and roll is very good indeed keep your silly ways or throw them out the window the wisdom of your ways I've been there and I know lots of other ways what a jolly bad show If all you ever do Is business you don't like Sex and drugs and rock and roll Sex and drugs and rock and roll Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is very good indeed Every bit of clothing Ought to make you pretty you can cut the clothing, grey is such a pity I should wear the clothing of Mr. Walter Mitty See my tailor, he's called Simon I know it's going to fit Here's a little bit of advice You're quite welcome, it is free Don't do nothing that is cut You know what that 
I'll make you be They will try their tricky device Trap you with the ordinary Get your teeth into a small slice The cake of liberty And drugs and rock and roll. Sex 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 and drugs and rock.